You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. going on guys welcome to another episode of pure pleasure with dewey halpas on equal vision records and sound talent media i am dewey your host with the most bringing you more great content week after week this week guys we have my good friend dave shapiro uh dave shapiro you know from the band count the stars uh from the agency group uta then starting his own company uh sound talent the sound talent group um and now he is relaunching his record label velocity records which uh, launches today with a bunch of new signings and a whole bunch of stuff. And so I want to have him on to talk about that. And that's why this episode is coming out on Thursday versus on Tuesday, because today is launch day. So hopefully you guys weren't too crazy without an episode on Tuesday and, and were able to make it to today. Uh, well, who am I kidding? Of course you were. <laughs> it's not like if this podcast didn't come out one week, you guys would lose your minds. But uh, one can only hope maybe, right? So, uh, yeah, Dave has been a friend of mine for, I don't know, 19 years, 20 years, something like that. And, uh, yeah, he's now he now runs a podcast network as well that we're on, Sound Talent Media. Um, in the meantime, while touring is not happening, all the booking agents kind of shifted gears to trying out this podcast network, and it's been really awesome. So we've been stoked to be a part of that. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get into the episode because Dave's going to talk about all the stuff uh, Velocity Records-wise. Uh, but we do have a few sponsors I want to talk about. Uh, writer Evan Robeson Studios, amazing leather goods, and does all kinds of artwork, T-shirts. I mean, anything you can imagine he can do. Um, but right now he's working with this really great leather work. Uh, check him out on Instagram, a good buddy of mine. 
uh, has made me a bunch of stuff and just a, a fantastic dude, former guest of the show. Um, my buddy Aaron Dahlbeck from Bain and Be Well, his coffee company, SX Coffee Roasters. Uh, check them out online as well, sxcoffeeroasters.com. Get some amazing coffee, tea, all kinds of merch they have. Um, it's a great company, and, and uh, he's been keeping everyone caffeinated over here. And uh, I appreciate him and, and his friendship and also uh, trying to support what he's doing as well. So check out SX Coffee Roasters. Uh, check out Classic Grit on Instagram. Uh, that's Riley from Thrice's new company. Uh, amazing stuff. You guys have seen me wear it. Classic Grit or at Classic Grit on Instagram. And uh, pick yourself up some awesome awesome new clothes and uh don't forget sweet drop cbd as well uh pleasure is the code all capitals will get you 20 percent off your order at sweetdrop.com uh it's the cbd i've been using every day and it is fantastic uh i can't say it enough literally i'll use it twice a day and uh it's really helped with with back knee pain anxiety all that stuff um and there's zero thc um i work construction and can't have any thc and that works out perfectly for me so, and also with SX Coffee Roasters, pleasure is the code as well for 10% off your coffee order. So if you go to SX Coffee Roasters, enter that code and you're good to go. All right, guys, I want to get into this one because Dave's going to explain a whole bunch of stuff about Velocity Records that I want you guys to know. Uh, so listen up, you get some of his story and then what's happening with the record label. So without further ado, my man, Dave Shapiro. I used to think that I could not go on. And life was nothing but an awful song But now I know the meaning of true love I'm leaning on the everlasting arms If I can see it Then I can do if I just believe it, there's nothing to it. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. I think about it every night and day. Spread my wings and fly away. I believe I can soar. I see me running through that ocean. Rad, dude. Well, Dave Shapiro, welcome to the Peer Pleasure Thanks Podcast, my friend. Yeah, man, it's good to be here. You're part of the crew. Part of the crew. This is good. You and I have known each other a long time. I'm trying. To, uh, I was trying to think last very- night when we first met. And I think it was at the Meow Meow in Portland at a Count the Stars show. It uh, was. I I remember it pretty vividly, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would have been that would have been 19 years ago. Oh God, dude. (laughs) That's crazy. That's fucked up to think about. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I'm trying to remember, like, I don't, I remember hearing your name before I met you. 
and it was some, I don't know if we were, I don't remember if we were introduced or what, but it was like something like you need, I remember someone saying like, you need to meet Dave Shapiro or something like that to that effect, which back then mm-hmm. meant a lot different, a lot of different things than it does now. <laughs> 19 <laughs> years later where you've uh, like amassed these companies and this, the status in the industry and, and uh, you know, you, you've got a, you've got an interesting story and whenever anyone asks me about the net, so, uh, Sound Talent Group is the group you're in now. The company you you had left and started, and and with Tim Borer and Matt Anderson, and um, so just to put it in context, um, Sound Talent Media is the podcast network we're on. Uh, when I tell people about it, I tell them it's a Jerry Maguire story. <laughs> when you how you left and came over and like took your clients that you wanted to keep with you, and and just went out on your own together with Tim and and Matt and like. It worked, and it's so yeah, killer. You know, it's awesome. It's funny. I've heard that analogy a few times, but I always like to remind people that uh, it's a little bit of a different thing because we were able to keep more than one client, thankfully. That's true. And <laughs> with Jerry Maguire, was only able to keep one when he left. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, we we ended up leaving, and we uh, we were really fortunate. We pretty much took almost every single client that we wanted to, which was about 150 artists. That's insane. And um, so, so it was really, you know, it, it was very humbling to like, to have that happen and, you know, have all these artists, you know, say, well, we don't care where you work, you, you know, you're our agent. That's like, it that doesn't matter what your email address is. So it was very, very cool. And I think it was not just cool for myself, but for Matt and Tim as well. And, you know, it was really nice. And then, mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the staff that came to follow because a bunch of other agents ended up coming over after that from all different agencies uh, had similar experiences. So fortunately, we've had, you know, a great, um, you know, gr- a great kind of first couple of years other than the pandemic totally fucking the live touring business. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But then pivoting into the podcast realm, which was something you want to do anyways, it kind of all worked out in at least getting that, get your toe in the water with that, you know, where it was, where yeah. it was the perfect time to do so. And, uh, dude, it's been awesome. It's been, yeah, awesome. It's, it's been a lot of fun and getting to work closer with people like yourself has been really cool. And it's just fun getting to learn new businesses and meet more people and just, you know, like, uh, yeah, like I, although like I've definitely always been an agent first, like I like to think of myself as an entrepreneur. I just like mm-hmm. doing business and I like, kind of like thinking through strategy and business models and different things like that. Like that stuff's fun to me. So getting to know a new business like this is just, it's cool. It's exciting. Where does that come from? Where does that, where does that spirit come from? Like, do you remember where that started? I mean, was it lemonade stands and, and garage sales or was it like, it was later? (laughs) Like when did that, where'd that, where'd your parents do? It was kind of mostly like, since I was pretty young, I kind of like was always into like, you know, like I, I, I wanted a job like the second I was old enough to have one. And, you know, like I, I always kind of just wanted to like work. Um, I don't know like why that is, you know, my mom was just uh, a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my dad back then was a, uh, a CEO of a hospital. Um, so he was, you know, in healthcare and all that. So it was, uh, you know, yeah. So it wasn't anywhere near the same path that I've taken. So it's not like I like grew up around like, entrepreneurship or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Uh, I don't know, you know, like when I was touring in the band back when you and I met, I was always more interested in the business side than I was 
getting up and playing drums every night. It was, it was just weird. Like I enjoyed talking to our label. I enjoyed talking to our agent. I enjoyed like learning about the business. Um, so when the band broke up, it was a very natural progression for me to just end up over on the, on the, on the business side of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you do, you, you had a pretty stable upbringing then with, with parents together, like uh stay at home mom. That's, I don't think people understand how lucky that can be. Yeah, you yeah. know, like it can go the complete opposite direction, but that's, that's excellent. So, um, yeah. and just that, that spirit, I mean, maybe we're just born with that, you know, like maybe it's just in you, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. For, I mean, I don't know. I think, you know, and, and also part of it is like, I think I just really enjoy what I do. And I think that anytime people enjoy their jobs, like they're going to work hard. So I don't know mm-hmm. that it's like, you necessarily need that motivation if you're doing something that you want to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so like, I don't know if I'd be working as hard if I was like going to some job I hated every day, you know what I mean? So yeah. like, I, th- yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, uh, something that's always been, um, part of who I am and what I've done is I've just enjoyed building businesses. It's just, I find that to be really fun. Mm-hmm. Dude. I had no idea how much goes into, that realm of, of, like you say, building businesses. I have a buddy who he worked with me when I worked for target and he worked in, uh, uh, recruiting and he mm-hmm. went to get his master's degree. And then he got his PhD in organizational leadership where he just goes and structures companies like that. There's a PhD for that. I had no idea. Dude, That's it's great. wild. It's wild. Like PetSmart. He'll go structure PetSmart West coast or like, it's insane. There's a PhD for that. You know, it's a thing. Like it's real. Yeah. I had no idea that existed. And there are, there's all those like different aspects of those jobs out there that you don't even think about that someone is spending their day doing all day, every day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Well, when did music come into play for you then? Was it super early on like musical house? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, not a musical house really. Um, you know, I mean, my parents liked music and, you know, whatever, but it wasn't like, a, you know, it wasn't a, a uh, like integral part of, of like growing up. But when I was in like seventh grade, my cousin gave me uh, his drum set. Like he, he was playing, you know, he had played when he was younger, hadn't played anymore, mm-hmm. gave me his drum set. And so I started taking drum lessons and then I joined the band that eventually became count the stars. Like we mm-hmm. played together all through like middle school and high school. Uh, and then I graduated high school early. Uh, and basically while the rest of the band was graduating, cause I graduated a semester early, I spent that six months booking our first tour. So like the, the second, uh, the, the rest of the band graduated, we hit the road and, um, you know, it was, it was, it was cool. And it was a fun experience. And we did that for a few years and did that whole thing. Mm-hmm. How did you do that with the first tour? Did you do, did you use that book, your own fucking life book? Or <laughs> did you just like reach yeah. out? Like that was what? 2001, like 2001. Was it yeah. MySpace back then? Yeah. yeah. There would have been like a little bit of that, um, a little bit of MySpace, kind of like trading shows online with other local bands in different cities. Mm-hmm you know, just cold calling clubs and different things like that. And then, yeah, BYOFL, which was, as you said, book your own fucking life for, for those listening who weren't familiar way back in the day, they had, um, they had a website, but like 
websites weren't even as, you know, as big of a thing back then. Like you didn't just go to websites for all your information like you do now. Mm -hmm. So they also had a, a zine where, you know, they'd sell it at like the local, you know, indie record stores and stuff Yeah, where you'd like open it up and it'd be like, Hey, like this kid has his band in you know, Des Moines and like, give him a call if you want to like book shows in his backyard or whatever. And you yes. would, and you'd like, <laughs> you'd, you'd end up go playing some crazy house party and it'd be awesome. Yeah. Dude. Were you, so were you booking local shows too? Or were you just like uh -huh. going for touring? Like, were you booking local shows and you were what, upstate New York? Yeah. Albany, New York. Albany, yeah, New no, York. Okay. Local shows. Um, back then, you know, I would work a lot with a guy named Teddy Tall, who's still the, like the, kind of the main promoter in Albany and like now as an agent, I still, I work with him all the time still. So mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're still pretty close even, you know, 25 years later. Uh, so yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, I was booking all that stuff for us until we got an agent. Once we got a record deal and stuff, we got an agent. Cause I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I wasn't mm -hmm. an agent yet, you know? Yeah. Who was that first agent? Uh, so the agent we had is actually now, She's still in the business, but she's a manager now. Her name's Avange. Okay. Um, so she, at the time, booked us and a bunch of other bands. Yeah. And now she manages like a bunch of bands in the pop punk space and kind of like the mm -hmm. emo rap space and stuff like that. Okay. But you guys still, you're still in the business. Like, that's cool. That That's, you yeah. know, now you're who you are. And, and yeah, <laughs> that's rad. That's rad. Yeah. So, okay. So, so like. First tour, do you remember like on these first tours, like mistakes that you made? Like that's something I'm always curious about because we would always get like, we'd get a routing or something and we just look at like, hmm, like what were they thinking when they routed this tour? Like we're going up and down, like all over the place. Yeah, and of yeah. course it's avails you're looking for, but like, do you remember some of the early mistakes you made booking some of those oh, first tours? Yeah. I mean, it was awful, you know, like I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't even really know like geography at the time. And it was like, you know, you had MapQuest, but like it sucked, like it was not good. And so really you'd literally be routing these tours with an Atlas, like a, like an mm -hmm. actual book, right? Yeah, Rand and, McNally. Uh, exactly. Rand McNally. Mm -hmm. So you'd be, uh, <laughs> we have an agent at the company called Randy and we call him Rand McNally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, um, so you would use that and and, you know, like you'd be booking these shows and you would try so hard to book shows. And and the goal wasn't to like book the best show. It was to book a show. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You just were trying to fill the dates. So there'd be times where you'd be like, man, this drive sucks. And then we're going to have to drive backwards to get to the other venue. But it's either that or take the day off. And we're out here to play shows. So let's go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you would just do stuff like that. And then afterwards, you'd be like, holy shit, like we lost so much money. And then you would also end up in situations where, you know, you don't have an agent. There's no contract for these shows. They're just these, like, some of them are just these sketchy people. No one has cell phones. So it's like, you, if like you're lost going to a show, you literally pull over and find a pay phone. Mm -hmm. And so like, sometimes you'd get to a show and like, they'd be like, oh, like show's not happening anymore. Or they just like, wouldn't pay you. And it was, you know, like it, it was just sketchy. Cause it's like, you weren't dealing with like these reputable, like, long time career promoters you were dealing with like kids and house shows and like you know bars that like aren't venues but they're bars and are like you know they're like oh no one showed up tonight so we're not paying you or whatever you know yeah, yeah. dude that's wild like i i 
I couldn't imagine doing what you do. I love that um, pretty, maybe not early on, but I remember finding a YouTube video that you you had of you, but it was like a, a like a spotlight on what you do. Like this mm-hmm. was still at the agency group, I think. Okay, and yeah. Like you, you were in your office and you're showing like basically describing what a booking agent does. Mm-hmm. And it was super fascinating because who knows that besides the booking <laughs> agent, right? Like the band yeah. wants to bitch about the routing and, you know, they have no idea what goes into the tour. They're just like, okay, we're going to do this A market tour, you know, 2005, blah, blah, blah. Like here's where we want to start and go. Like is basically what a band would think I would imagine because I was always – by the time we got any kind of an agent, like I didn't even know our agent's name at the time. Like, and, and the tours were always routed crazy weird. And I didn't feel like I had any input on it. Like, well, let's start mm-hmm. here or something. Like it wasn't in my wheelhouse to to do that. But I don't think people understood until like something like that comes out, what a booking agent does, what a publicist does. Like no one looks yeah. into it. They just know, oh, you got a publicist or you got a booking <laughs> agent. That's it. Cool. So it was cool getting that look inside, you know, like you're, and that was a while ago. That was, man, what was that, like 10 years ago maybe? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I was at the agency group from 2006 to 2016-ish. Okay. I was there for like 10 years. Yeah. So, yeah, that could have been like 10 years ago. Okay. And, you know, it, your your point's really funny because like even further to that, like at least like, you know, bands or people like that, that you know, know – that a booking agent exists, even if they don't fully know what it entails. But like, if you talk to people outside the music business and they're like, Oh, what do you do for a living? I'm a booking agent. Well, what's that? Like, Oh, well, you know, like you ever go to see a band live? Well, like, you know, someone has to actually book those shows and Mm -hmm. route the tour from city to city and all this stuff. And they're always like, wow, like we didn't know that was a job, you know? And it's like, (laughs) you know, like, like, is like people don't even realize that like yeah, there's someone that like all day every day that's what they do, but they thought you know I don't know the the band just like calls up and is like we want to play or I don't know what people think you know mm-hmm. I guess they don't really think about that but it makes sense you know like I'm you know like if you're not on the business side of it you just like going to see bands why would you ever even think about how that would happen you know you you'd have no idea yeah they probably think the band books the show right like yeah. <laughs> And maybe there, I mean, there is only one Fugazi, I think. Like, that's the only one where the band booked the show at some yeah. level of that degree, you know? Like, uh, yeah, it's wild. Like, and the other cool thing with you, Davis, is, is how you go from being the business-minded member of the band to then uh, being a, being an agent, but then also um, running a company. Like, I mean, even with partners, like getting getting the skill set needed to run your own business is daunting and terrifying to a lot of people right like having to deal with the hr side of things and the legal side of things and all that business like you know the booking business so well how did you transition into running the show like was it just trial and error is it something you researched deeply like did you just throw yeah. into it like describe that a little bit because that's it speaks a lot to your character i think how you how you can step up and run something you know like it's a big deal yeah well i appreciate that i think i i think well i was very fortunate that i had an and i had a number of experiences running companies prior to that they were they were not to that degree you know it was like i started businesses that were like you know, successful for what they were, but it was like just me or just me and one other person or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So I had enough knowledge where it was like, I understand a lot of the legalities, tax implications, like things like that. Um, but when it got into, you know, starting a company like Sound Talent Group, and we were going from, you know, just a couple of us to over 20 employees and multiple yeah. states and, you know, offices in all different places and some people working remotely. And now you're dealing with, you know, different states and different counties, which means, you know, different tax implications. And in California, you need a talent license to be able to be an agent in the state of Pennsylvania, where we have an office, you don't. And like, you know, so there's a bunch of like these different nuances. And I think, you know, it's not that much different in a lot of ways than being an agent, because being an agent is a very detail oriented job. And I think that if you take that same approach and try to stay organized and diligent and really cover all the bases, it's, it's, it's a different subject matter, but it's kind of the same job in a way. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's like you just you just figure it out. And then fortunately, with having, you know, partners, we were able, you know, to divide up a lot of the work. And we're all we all have different strengths and weaknesses, which is really nice because like, you know, we each between the three of us, we kind of cover it all, you know. Yeah. Um, and so there's just things that we're all differently, like really good at, you know, I mean, like Tim's really great at being a mentor. Like he's a very great leader to the staff. And like, he's that guy, like if you have questions about booking or need help with a tour or whatever, like Tim, Tim's great for that. You know, Matt's like really great at operations and coming up with the ideas for like how to best get things rolling and how to flow efficiently. You know, I handle a lot of all the financial stuff like business models, projections, you know, um, all that stuff is like right in my wheelhouse compliance stuff. I dealt with a lot of that for the business, getting our talent license, you know, things like that. But, you know, you ask for help, you get help where you need it. And, um, you know, and then you do what you can to handle the rest yourself, you know? Yeah. It's just wild. It's just wild to think about. I mean, the amount of work that goes into that now, I know if I get an email from you at one in the morning, like you're still working. And I love that. There's yeah. like two <laughs> publicists in the business that will email me back at 10 at night on a weeknight or on a weekend. There's two. Mm -hmm. And I love them for it because I don't stop either. <laughs> but it's also like, man, Dave is still working. This is crazy. And like, but I love that. I love seeing that fire, right? Like that inspires me to also keep pushing, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's awesome. And I love that. And, and, uh, the other thing, the other big thing that you do is aviation, which you yep. know, when you're talking, you have your place in Alaska and your place in San Diego, when you're talking, traveling back and forth, like you're not flying on a plane, you're flying in the plane, like you're flying yourself yeah. back and forth. How did you get into the aviation side of things? And you also have an aviation company. I do. Yeah, um, exactly. So I, couldn't tell you how I got into aviation because I've been asked it a million times and I honestly don't know. I was always super fascinated by aviation my whole life. There was no reason for it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a lot of people I know through the aviation community, you know, like their uncle was a pilot or their grandfather or, you know, whatever. They were around it growing up. I didn't have any of that. My very first time, like in a small plane or flying like behind the like in the cockpit of yeah. where my first flight lesson. Um, I was just always fascinated by it and I always was interested in it. So when I was like, I don't know, I guess 
I would have been 20 or I guess 21 when I moved to California, Mm -hmm. 20 or 21. Um, at the time, you know, I was, I was really broke, like, you know, like most 20 year olds. And I was like, just starting my career and, you know, all the bands I was booking were tiny and not making any money. And, um, so, so I couldn't, you know, afford flight lessons. So I was, um, I would fly remote control airplanes. That was like, I would do that on the weekend. Like I just liked anything aviation and I didn't even know much about it. I just, I just had some weird fascination with it. So I, yeah, I would, I would go, there's like, there's actually down here in San Diego, there's a, there's an actual remote control air park. So it's like literally like an airport for remote control planes. Like, so you go on the weekend. Yeah, it was super cool. There'd be like a ton of guys there flying their planes and like, you know, it was rad and it was this little community. But um, the the first flight lesson I took, which was like the the first time I had a band start to really kind of take off, I was like, man, I've, I have discretionary income for the first time in my life. My my bank account has more than my rent. Like, <laughs> you know, it was a lot more, but it was like, this is really cool. So yeah. I... I went, the very first thing I did was went to flight school and I haven't flown a remote control plane since that day. I've been, Dude. you know, just flying the real thing since then. And that was like 16 years ago. And yeah, I've been flying since I fly planes, helicopters, seaplanes, I flight instruct, you know, I, I fly stunt planes, aerobatic planes. I, you know, I just love anything aviation. So, wow. um, and so, yeah, so, you know, the, the aviation business that I started is, um, really, I just I just do a bunch of flight instruction, and then I also do when when I can. I don't get a lot of these gigs because it's hard to find time with the day job. But yeah. uh, I get I do some what's called ferry flights, where you get paid to like ferry a plane. So like, okay, uh, for example, this summer, some guy in South Carolina bought a plane from a guy in Arizona, um, but they needed someone to move it. So like, they hired me to go down, and I just literally like got you know, they just basically paid for me to fly there commercial. And then I flew the plane across the country and then they, mm-hmm. they flew back. Um, so yeah, just, just doing stuff like that. And it's, it's awesome. You know, just any chance I can get flying. That's interesting, dude. I've got like a, a buddy of mine, Willie, that does that with sailboats. So oh, he'll like cool. go to Australia and drive some guy's sailboat or, or sail some guy's sailboat to Spain. And then him mm-hmm. and his girlfriend live on the boat as the crew until the guy wants to use it. That's like awesome. Super, super rich dude who's like, okay, this weekend in November, I'm going to take it out. So have it ready. Like, and he just goes down and sails down and does his thing. And it's killer. Like, this is such a cool. Yeah. And you've, so I, I asked this uh, of him when he was talking about it. Like, he's been across the Atlantic multiple times by himself mm-hmm. in the sailboat. That moment in the middle of the night on a clear night when you're in the middle of the ocean. Like, what are you thinking? You know, like what is crossing your mind? You can see the curvature of the earth. Like you can see all sorts of crazy shit. Do you get those moments when you're flying where everything's just like you're by yourself, you're in the zone. Like, is there experiences like that that you've had that are just like, like the breathtaking, like that you'll remember forever, those kind of things. Like, do you get that with flying? Yeah, man. I mean, I've had a lot of those experiences with, with flying and that that's the best part of flying is you have these experiences that you can't have any other way. Mm-hmm. Like if you, you can't see things from this perspective unless you fly, but you know, I've done everything from like, you know, uh, flights, you know, along the coast in Santa Barbara, like flying along with the dolphins. I've done like, you know, flights in the grand Canyon, like literally like flying through the Canyon and stuff. Um, 
you know, all sorts of stuff like that. But the, but the, probably the thing I could compare most to what you just described about your friend that sails is like when you're flying at night and it's a cloudy night, but you're above the clouds, what happens is the clouds block all the light pollution from below. Mm-hmm. And if you turn off the, like, uh, the beacon, the little flashing light uh, on, on the outside of the plane, you turn that off for a few minutes and just like look out and it's pitch dark, but the sky's clear above you. Uh-huh. You can literally see the Milky Ways and just like, you know, the moon clear as clear as can be and all the stars. It's, yeah, there's, there's wow. nothing like that. It's, it's Dude. really incredible. And, and I, I've had that, that experience many, many times and ever, it never gets old. Um, you know, I used to fly to LA every Monday morning for, for work and I would fly back to San Diego every Wednesday night. And I would say like, like in June where we have in Southern California, we have what's called June gloom where like the marine layer of clouds comes in at night. Mm-hmm. It would, I'd have that in June, every single flight back to San Diego at night. Like, you know, it would, and it, it'd just be awesome. I'd like, I would, couldn't wait all week for the flight, you uh-huh. know? Dude, that's incredible. See, that's the stuff that I love. Like the things that people are passionate about, those moments. And it's always when you're alone. Like, you know, like you, even in my backyard some nights, like it's clear enough that I'm just out there by myself sometimes if I'm grilling something or something like that. And I'll just take a minute and look up and just take it in. like, And that's with the lights of Portland like still kind of clouding it out. And, of course, yeah. I've been on a commercial jet. My first flight in a, like a Cessna was for a, a job shadowing for in high school. My neighbor owned uh, Penair up in Alaska. Oh, yeah. And Karakaburu, uh, uh, Kar- I think is the last name. Um, and I, my dad worked retail. I was like, Dad, do you mind if I ask him if I could jump show him? And he's yeah. like, yeah, man, go for it. So we literally took a flight to King Salmon, uh, like a, yeah. like a, a ferry kind of flight, like with a, not a ferry, but like we had multiple past fishermen going out to King Salmon, yep. flew back to Anchorage, and then took the Cessna up and flew over my high school. And I got to take pictures of me That's flying awesome. over our high school and bring those in for job shadowing. And I was terrified because like the door was rattling, <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. You feel so unsafe, but it's exactly the same thing, I think, as like a commercial plane. Like, it's just you're up in the air in a craft. Like, sure, it's a little knocky here and there, but like, the experience was amazing. He's like, why don't you take the controls for a second? He pulls out a magazine and then he, (laughs) like, he cut it loose. So I knew I was flying it because I could pull up and, and like, I was moving the plane. Like, he still had his feet down doing something with his feet. Yeah, I remember that. But he was letting me control like up, down, or whatever. Like, it was incredible. Like, that's so I cool. You got to do that. Oh yeah. man! So I and, kind and of get like where you're at. It. Yeah, it's yeah, it's terrifying. But it, at that moment, when I realized I had like control of what was going on, all that fear went away, and it was just excitement from yeah. then on. And then we had like ten minutes left of the flight, and it sucked because it was over. But the whole time I was terrified from Anchorage to Wasilla, and then like, wow, this is amazing. Dude, it's incredible stuff. Incredible yeah. stuff. It's it, yeah. yeah. And that's cool that you did the flight to King Salmon. It's funny because uh, I have a friend in Alaska who's a commercial fisherman. And every summer I fly him and his crew out for their, you know, they go to Bristol Bay. Mm-hmm. At and uh, so they go for like three months. You know, they just got three months straight. So every summer I drop them off in the beginning of June. 
uh, and then I'll pick them up in August when they're done. So like, and, and that's right next to King Salmon, mm-hmm. which is like such a cool flight. I mean, you fly over Katmai and Iliamna and Augustine, you know, the volcanoes and it's just awesome. Dude, to have that license, like to have free reign to just go in the <laughs> air has got to be the coolest experience. I mean, maybe not as a career like a commercial airline pilot or whatever like i'm sure they don't make great money i think that's a common thing that goes around but like to have it like in your free time or even for work like i'm gonna fly up to i'm gonna work in alaska this week to just go hop in the plane like you have to what give the flight uh the flight path to the faa and that's about it right then you can just hop in and go or do you even have to do that you actually don't even have to do that depending on you know, where you're going, depending on the weather and certain things. So like there's two types of flight instrument and visual, which are different types of navigation. You're flying visual. You don't even need to do that. Okay. Dude, that's see, this all like, this all like ties together because, uh, you know, your drive from starting the, starting as an agent, touring, all that stuff, running a business, going out and saying, giving this flight school thing a try. You know what I mean? Like you're getting such a lesson in geography. You're getting such a lesson yeah. in, in so many things. But I want to talk about like what we're here to talk about too. I want to tie that in with Velocity Records, but you're yeah. going to be launching. So uh, tell me about this because Velocity Records, you had Velocity Records before, right? Earlier I on. Did, yeah. And is it I Velocity did, yeah. Aviation? Is that what your aviation uh, companies call this too? Okay. That's I right. Know yeah. That ties into a lot of things, but all this ties together into this new venture. You know what I mean? And that's why I wanted to kind of bring it all together into this because it sets the stage for, for this. So tell me about the, the relaunch of Velocity Records um, and kind of let's walk through it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate that. So yeah, I started Velocity Records back in, I guess, 2009 or 2010. And we had we had an awesome run. We had great success with it. It was an imprint of Rise Records. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some, some people listening may or may not know, but like Rise Records sold to BMG, I don't know, maybe like six years ago now or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, right after that happened, because my label was an imprint of Rise, BMG came to me and said, well, you know, maybe we should do a deal. And so we did, but the deal, the way that the deal worked was I ended up selling all the, um, basically all the rights I had and all, in all the masters I owned and stuff like that Mm -hmm. to BMG, but I still owned the label. So when the deal was done, I still owned Velocity Records, but there weren't any bands signed to it anymore is is basically Mm -hmm. how that worked. Which like the timing for me for that was great because like, you know, my booking career was getting really busy and it was like, you know what, like if I can, you know, have a break from this and really focus on that, um, that, that was, that was great. It was just like, it was good timing and everything worked out awesome. Um, you know, and, and we had some bands on the label that were really starting to happen and it was like some of them wanted you know, radio support, which at the time we couldn't give them now with the new setup we can, but like, you know, so it was like, they could get that help from BMG and things like that, like bands like Paris and issues and stuff like that. So anyway, so, so yeah, so I still own the label, but didn't have band side to it anymore. And we basically, you know, put pause on it. Now we are, we've finally over the last really 
two years have been preparing to relaunch it. It's been a long process, Mm -hmm. but we are announcing that next Thursday, which is the day that this airs. So Mm -hmm. today for people listening. Um, And so, yeah, we're relaunching. We're super excited about it. We've been working really hard on it. We've got uh, some pretty exciting signings that we're rolling out. We've got uh, a new Eve six album coming out. Uh, for those who don't know, like they've gone crazy viral on Twitter. Their Twitter is this like is the funniest Twitter on 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 Twitter. Like you have to go check it out if if you're a fan of like music. And all they do is like make fun of themselves and other '90s bands. And it's like it's gone crazy viral. They've had features in the Washington Post and Spin, and all these people have been calling because of how like crazy viral it's gone. Mm-hmm. So. The new EP we're putting out is really good. The day that this interview comes out, we're putting out a new video for this, the single on that. So um, go check that out for sure. Check that out at velocityrecords.com or on YouTube. Uh, we also uh, are putting out the first record by Scary Kids Scaring Kids in 10 years. They have, uh, unfortunately, you know, their singer had passed uh, about 10 years ago. They broke up. They're getting back together to make this record. And singing on the record will be Cove, who was the singer of Sayasin and is the singer of Dead American. Uh, we've also signed Dead American. Uh, so we'll also be putting that record out, uh, which is which is a great record as well. Mm-hmm. Really awesome. We signed this really cool band called Glasslands from Ohio. Uh, their drummer was the original drummer of Beartooth. They're just awesome, awesome band. Um, in addition to that, uh, see, I'm pulling up the the list here to give you the full rundown. We're putting out a two song, seven inch by serpents of Shiva, which is Scott Vogel from terror. It's like Mm -hmm. an old side project he had and the songs were just kind of sitting there and he wasn't doing anything with them. So we said, Hey, like, let us put it out. It should be really cool. So that'll finally be available after all these years on, iTunes and everything else. Um, in a di- and by the way, feel free to stop me at any point. Well, dude, if- let me say this really quick. Cove yeah. Reber is yep. fantastic. He is a wonderful human being. Him and I met through the podcast. I was interviewing him at the Dead American show they played with Eve Six at Dante's here in Portland. Yeah. We yeah. did like three hours. and But him and I keep in touch ever since. He's the nicest dude. He's a fantastic musician. I'm so stoked. I did not know this until just now that you guys were signing Dead American. uh, And that I didn't know the singer had passed for Scary Kids, Scaring Kids. But I did know Cove went out and did that tour. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on their 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. 
eaglevision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equal Vision Records, you're always going to find something you like at equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. PeerPleasure.SupportingCast.FM is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast 
is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month, because I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Um, and people were stoked on that. So that's excellent. So anyways, shout out to Cove. He's a friend of the show. Awesome. Yeah. dude. But also, he, when I the last time I went to Chino's house from Deftones uh, to to uh, get some records signed for the EVR staff, uh-huh. I walked down downstairs and he had the big TV going, and it was Eve Six on MTV Two, that Heart in a Blender <laughs> song or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Inside dude, out. are you watching Eve Six? He's like, nah, it's just on. But like, yeah. I thought it was funny because I was like, I just I'm seeing these guys all over the place again, like it was yeah. back in the '90s. But. Uh, and what's it, his name? What is it, Max? Is that his name? Yeah, uh, he does, what, fitness. Power. Fitness is the other band he does. Yep, exactly. Okay. He's also in fitness. And uh, man, I mean, he is one of the funniest humans I've ever known. Those dudes are awesome. They're they're just cool guys. They're really nice. Yeah, uh, love playing music and love making jokes. You know, they're they're Dude, rad. There's just so many ties already. I'm just <laughs> my mind's my brain's just firing as you're rattling these off. Because I'm just like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Anyway. <laughs> That's awesome, yep. and I'm stoked. Uh, so keep going though, because I want to. I want to hear the rest of this, but I wanted to shout out Cove. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's no, I will. I mean, sorry to keep. I mean, there's a there's a bunch of signings, which is great, but it, it's a long list. So, dude, um, let's do this. Yes, that's why we're also, here. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so we also signed a band called The Villa, which is uh, former members of Issues. Okay, including and Issues were on Michael. Velocity before. Exactly. Okay. So obviously, there's a. Uh, you know, there's there's history there. There's mm-hmm. connection there, and um, the the old screamer of issues, Michael, is the singer of this band, and it, okay. it's really good. They've already got a song out online. Um, we'll be re-releasing that through Velocity, and then um, re- releasing an EP coming up as well. Okay, uh, it's really really good. Highly recommend people go check that out. Um, in addition to those. We're signing um, Secrets, who was also on Velocity before. We put out the first few records. We're putting out the next record. Uh, in addition to those, we've signed Thursday. Um, oh, snap. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, we're really excited about that. We're In addition to putting out some live stuff coming up and all these different things, we're also finally putting out Waiting, their very first album. That The label that put that out Hold on, so is no check longer. this out. <laughs> on video here <sighs> oh shit look at that you got the vinyl 74.99 it was just sitting on a desk in EVR here i don't know who it's for but oh i can tell you what that's is for is that for gordner or uh 
Alan? No, that actually pertains to what we're talking about. Okay, here. perfect. Because oh. it's been sitting here for a week. So yes, so I was getting to that, but I'll, I'll sorry, I'll random that now, which <laughs> is that the new venture velocity. This time we're an imprint of Equal Vision Records, so we're working with Equal Vision. We're going through their distributor. Their staff's helping us with, um, you know, all label services and things like that, and it's it's been awesome. But the reason that record is there is because we're re-releasing that album and that label doesn't exist anymore. So it's not available anywhere. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have the artwork. No one had the artwork because it was so long ago. So we literally had to go on eBay and buy that vinyl that you just picked up and scan the artwork. So that's literally why that vinyl is sitting there next to you right now. So that's really funny that that's uh, dude that you just picked that up. Who's taking that thing? You got to ask Matthew, man. I'm going to ask Matthew. Yeah, I mean, we're repressing it. I so, remember uh, that record, dude. I remember <laughs> that. And was that Eyeball Records that was on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. dude. Okay. I remember. Yeah. Before yep, full so, collapse. Yeah. And then uh, in addition to that, we're going to be reissuing uh, uh, We're All the Time on vinyl. Okay. Uh, really cool. We're doing a bunch of stuff with them. It's going to be great. And then we're also putting out Jeff from Thursday's other band, No Devotion. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have some new stuff coming that's going to be great. And then they also had a tricky label situation and their last album isn't available anywhere. We're going to be putting that out as well. So wow, that's, dude. That's, yeah, so that's going to be really cool. Uh, in addition to those, we've signed uh, a guy called Nate Bergman. He was the singer of uh, Lion Eyes and he's awesome. It's more like Americana singer songwriter stuff. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. Um, awesome dude. Great, great, talented musician. Um, we also have signed And So I Watched You From Afar. Uh, Dude, they, yeah, no you know shit. Yes, I do. Yeah. I don't yeah, know man. them. I am a huge fan of them. I know none of them. <laughs> they're, yeah, they Jesus are an Christ. awesome, awesome band. Um, oh, they're, they're great. So yeah, so we're we're also licensing some of their old stuff and then you know, we're going to have some new stuff coming out. Yeah. And then the last one that I haven't said yet, well, actually, I guess kind of two more. Um, but the last like one I can really talk about in depth is drugs. Um, drugs is putting out uh, their first record in about 10 years. And we're going to be putting that out as well. Uh, demos are awesome and mm -hmm. it's just going to be great. And then, yeah, the final thing I was going to mention is we've got this amazing band that we aren't announcing yet. Um, they'll be coming out in a few weeks, but I really encourage people to check back. It, I think March 4th, we're going to be announcing them because we've got a little bit of work to do, but they're 19 year old kids, female fronted band. They have another band currently on YouTube that has over a million subscribers, but that's like a, a cover thing they're doing that they've been doing forever. And, uh, I don't want to say who, cause I don't want to like give it away, but, um, but, We've we've worked with them to help them get their original band doing all the originals off the ground. It's going to be a different band name, whole different thing. We just recorded four videos. We've already made the record. And uh, I believe March 4th, but don't hold me to that, is the day that we'll be releasing that first single. And that's going to be really exciting. I, I, I'm, I've been working with those guys for about two years. So like to see it finally culminating into into, you know, all this happening is is pretty great. Dude, that's insane. So, that is such a good lineup. 
I'm glad we <laughs> didn't talk about any of these beforehand because genuinely I got goosebumps when you said it. So I watch you from afar. I love that band, dude. And and this is great. Super yeah, varied man. lineup too. Yeah, you know, like, and and that's the thing that's cool. When we started the label initially, it was just me. Like it was my label and yeah. me alone. Now with Sound Talent Group, you know, I've brought it into the company. So Matt and Tim are also my partners in, in Velocity Records Excellent. now. The whole entire staff's getting involved, which is great because everyone has different tastes and everything. So mm-hmm. it really allowed us to be a lot more broad and think bigger. And so it's cool. We get to sign all different stuff and it, it's been awesome. Dude, that's so cool. Like how so, does it, how does that go? How does that work though? Like I know you already had the label, but like how do you, how do you allocate like how much funds are going to go into this? How much, how much of this and that is going to go into this when you're starting an imprint? Because I know I get questions like that a lot on the show. I talked to like, um, when I talked to uh, Nick Storch about New Weatherman, mm-hmm. like we talked a bit about the imprint that he was doing with New Weatherman and like people were asking me like, dude, what did, how did that even happen? Like, how do you even make that happen? And I know you're sure. working with you're working really closely with my uh, Matthew Gordner here at EVR as kind yep. of your partner with with EVR and 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 doing that with him. Uh, but how does that work? How do you go about like I'm going to relaunch this? How do you allocate that stuff and kind of know which direction to take? Because that's another big venture, you know. Even though you already had yeah. it, putting it out there and launching it the right way is huge. It's definitely quite an undertaking financially, for sure. Uh, without getting too specific, we yeah. do like with our deal with EVR. You know, they help with some of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're very helpful with a lot of that. And then, like, we also just try to make smart deals. Like our deals with our artists um, are structured in a way where we actually want to pay them royalties, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of labels will, you know, they'll negotiate with the bands, get the deals kind of beat up to a point where like the band gets a lot more money up front getting royalty checks is going to be a ways away if at all you know we're trying to we're really trying to get the bands to wrap their heads around like let's be smart about spending and let's let's be writing you royalty checks like mm-hmm. you know 12 months after putting this record out and yeah. then forever after that and you know try not to waste money but spend it right you know mm-hmm. and so um so we put in whatever we need like if it makes sense and we need to spend more to market a record or we need to to spend more because the right producer is going to cost a little more or whatever. Like we'll, we'll work that out. Like that's fine, but we also don't want to just do that just to do that, you know? So we just try to be really, really smart about the way that we go about spending. And to the point you were making earlier, asking me about all the other businesses and, and all of that, I think the fact that we've been involved in so many businesses has really taught us how to be, very diligent about the way that we handle all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's having, it seems like it's having a reverse, like there's the Jack of all trades, uh, master of none or whatever. Like it seems (laughs) like you're mastering a lot of these things. Like you're, you're, you're going about things with a clear head and you know, uh, a clear, a clear mind with a, with a good picture of what you want. And, and that seems to be kind of like, I mean, just like when you're flying a plane, like you're, you're following following your your gut some of the time you know what i mean like do i take this do i take this route do i take this route hey this looks a little hairy do i go through this like you just have that mind that really that sharp mind and that that passion which is you know i would say unmatched for a lot of things where (laughs) you know 
I don't know a lot of people like you in the music business. I don't. And I and I, not to say I know tons of people, but you are you are one that stands out. When you say the name Dave Shapiro, like people like perk up. Like it's it's a good thing. Like they know uh you've got a good name in the music business. Like you you know when when I mention your name to anybody like that that yeah, knows well, that knows music, right? Oh, well, Dave Shapiro, I love Dave that, Shapiro, man. you know? Um Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. I mean, you know, it's we just we just try to do our best to to do right by our artists, you know, whether it's sure. on the booking side, the label side, um, you know, the rest will kind of fall into place. But like, you know, just put the artist first, you know. Absolutely. But what? So everyone knows the climate of the music industry, and I mean, COVID aside, forget COVID, just with streaming and everything else. Like, what is the main driver of Velocity going to be pushing vinyl? physical product at all or are you pushing like streaming like what is the what is the uh, like what are you guys focusing on a label in this climate COVID sure. aside. I mean, we'll definitely be doing all formats but you know with the way things are going today we expect the majority of our business to be in vinyl and in okay, stream cool. you know i think those will be the two biggest components especially not just streaming on iTunes and Spotify and things like that, but, but YouTube, a lot of the video stuff. And so our video strategy has been really important to us. You know, I mentioned the band that, uh, that I, you know, I haven't given the name yet, but yes. like that one, we just shot four videos for them that I mentioned. And mm -hmm. so we've got like a whole video strategy to roll out for that. And also to answer your question even more in depth about before about spending and how do we kind of go about some of that? Like mm -hmm. we shot all four of those videos at the same time. So like we, instead of going and shooting four separate videos while the crew was there, while we had a location, while the director, the cameras were rented, everything else, we shot all four over a weekend. And it, so wow. we were able to amortize those costs, mm -hmm. you know, over four videos. So the price per video went down substantially by doing it that way. So like, those are some of the type things that, you know, we're, we're trying to be, thoughtful about yeah that's 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 a great idea that's a fantastic idea like just yeah being smart with spending i mean uh especially nowadays you know it's crazy it seems crazy to uh like even do a label in this climate which is it's cool to see you doing it because you have a clear vision you've got good stuff i mean it's 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 gonna work you know what i mean that just seems like I wouldn't know from my my mind because I'm not on that side of it how that would all work. That's why I was curious because it's it's like how does a label make money now? You know, like when we signed to yeah. Rise when Rise was about to like go under, uh, I remember Craig said, and I've said this on the show before, but Craig said like, I get I, I'll put your record out. You know, he was ready to kind of like none of his records had recouped. I think his biggest band at the time was Crosstide, which was a great band, but they never went really anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's like, well, I'll put this record out, but you guys got a tour. And we're like, dude, that's all we want to do is tour. <laughs> put the record out. Fearless bought the record before it even came out, really. I think there's like one pressing on Rise. But then like we saw how Fearless made money. We saw how EVR made money and, and, and Rise started making money. But that was then mm -hmm. before streaming. Like that was still I was buying CDs to put in my Discman with my advance money from Fearless, right? Like I blew that whole thing on DVDs and CDs. And like, uh, I don't do that anymore. It's all vinyl. Yeah. And vinyl, I think, is going to be the saving grace, like you're saying. 
Uh, you know, and I'm just stoked to see all this come to fruition. You know, it's such as another, it's just another facet of the Dave Shapiro story. And, and you have partners, of course, but right now we're talking. So it's the Dave Shapiro story, but it's another, it's another facet of that. And it's awesome. You know? Yeah. You know, to, it's funny, the point you were just making about vinyl and everything. Um, I don't know if, if you know, if, if you've seen this, but Matthew and I talk about this a lot and he's always reminding me this when we're talking about, you know, what we're working on with releases and stuff. But, uh, you know, last year was the first year in history that vinyl outsold CDs. So that's the first wow. time that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy to, to see that, that pivot happening. Yeah. That's insane. And people are making cassettes again. Uh, I don't get that at all. Not saying we won't do it, Yeah, but it's like, who wants a fucking cassette? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you got to watch the documentary cassette. Have have you seen it? No, I haven't. Dude, the guy that invented like cassettes is in it. And it's like Rollins is in it. Ian McKay is in it. Like tape traders all over the world. Like uh, Storch and I talked a lot about tape trading back in the day, but like just having that product and being able to make it yourself is the big mm-hmm. thing too, I think, for like bands like, oh, I made this mixtape or I made my own demo on this cassette. That whole thing of handing it out was a thing. Anyways, if you watch the documentary, it's fascinating. I think the guy passed away after the documentary came out, uh, but he's from somewhere in Europe and it's it, it gives you a whole new lease on cassette. Like it fires <laughs> you up. If you were around when we were around, it'll fire yeah. you up. My kids wouldn't care at all. Yeah, but yeah, if you sure. had cassettes, it fires you up for cassettes so hard. Maybe you shouldn't See, watch it because like, I mean, I used to buy a ton of cassettes when I was younger, but yeah. like, I just remember them being a fucking pain in the ass. Like the actual tape would come out it'd get mm-hmm. twisted and you'd be like slowly reeling it back in and trying to make it perfect so that it wouldn't stay twisted. And mm-hmm. it was like, this is such a headache. You know, I, I just, it's so funny to me that people are like, yeah, I want to do that. And it doesn't sound better. You know, it <laughs> so, has that warm tone, but it doesn't skip. Like that right. was the thing you could put it in a Walkman and go run and jump off a cliff if That's you want cool. to. And it wouldn't skip, uh, you know, with CDs, there was just something, something different about it. But yeah, it's the culture I think around, just like the culture around vinyl. Like there's a mm-hmm. whole culture around vinyl. I mean, there's people, yeah, that's their yeah. life. I've got people yeah. lined up in front of Music Millennium every fucking day down here waiting just to get in to look around in the rain, just like standing there waiting for their chance to get in and find yeah. vinyl. Yeah. It's really it, cool. It is. that culture it, behind it. Same with cassettes. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Velocity Records, all cassette, all cassette. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Going straight to cassette, nothing straight else. Straight to cassette, straight to video, whatever. Yeah. And those four videos will come out on VHS, right? That's right. That's right. They will. Yes. <laughs> they definitely will. Dude. Yeah. We're also going to start putting out eight tracks. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> well, okay. So you're launching the label again. A lot of musicians listen to this podcast. How do they, if they can, submit demos? Uh, like, how do you prefer to get people to send you their stuff or do you prefer that they don't? Yeah, no, no. We'd, we'd love to check anything out. Yeah. We've got a new website launching the day that it'll, it'll be up by the time this episode airs Mm -hmm. and uh, there will be a contact page on there. And you know, what I would say is definitely sending just, you know, digital, just like a link or whatever um, is probably the easiest way to, to do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like the way to go. I just, I like to ask because, 
you know, some people have wild stories of how they got their, their stuff, you know, signed because they sent their demo in this way or whatever, and like an ammo box and people thought it was a bomb or something like all sorts of weird stuff. But like, yeah. so like a, 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 a link with, you know, link to Spotify link or whatever, maybe YouTube, whatever, uh, we'll do it for you. Like to, to check it out and give okay. you enough what you need. Yeah. And, and that, that band that I was saying, I'll tell you more about mm -hmm. once we announce them, like after that gets announced, I'll have to tell you the story about how we found that one. Cause that was, that's a, that's like probably the craziest, funniest story of any band I've ever signed to the label for sure. Awesome. Dude, we should do that on our call next week. We, I love, I love these random stories. You have so many yeah, of I'd be happy to tell you. You'll laugh your ass off. I already had you. Uh, I think I probably. I don't know if John. I think John probably had you tell the Coolio story. That's hopefully that one's out there because that one was the best I've ever heard. <laughs> but uh, dude, well, dude, we're right at the hour mark here. Just about. Like, is there anything else uh, you want people to know about Velocity Sound Talent, uh, Sound Talent Group, Sound Talent Media, anything you're doing uh, that you want to put out there uh, for people at the end here? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, Sound Talent Media, we've got a lot of great podcasts right now that we're really excited about. Obviously, yours being, being you know, a, a major component of that. And then, you know, you can check all those out at soundtalentmedia.com or on Instagram or, you know, any of the socials. Uh, Velocity Records, same deal. We're going to be releasing a lot of stuff coming up, as you just heard. Mm -hmm. So love people. Keep checking back on all our socials, velocityrecords.com, our YouTube, uh, all those places. We're going to have, you know, new videos coming out, new, you know, new music, songs, albums, EPs, vinyls, everything. So, you know, definitely uh, keep checking back. And we're, we're excited to, to get busy with all these new releases. Awesome, man. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be excellent. It's going to be excellent. I'm so, I'm just, like I said, I'm so glad you didn't tell me in advance so I could hear these myself on the episode because dude, I'm stoked for this. I'm stoked for this label. I kind of, I, sh I didn't shy away from it. I kind of just kept my distance once we knew we were going to do this because I didn't want to know much. So yeah, it's yeah. more exciting because I love no, that, you know, cool. out that way for sure. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So, uh, best of luck to you, Dave. We're you and I talk every week anyway, but, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, everything runs smoothly with this launch and people start buying this vinyl, getting this stuff. I mean, you've got some great bands coming out and, and, uh, I'm stoked, man. I'm absolutely yeah. stoked. And I'm stoked to be working together. You know, after all these years, we always seem to like run into each other at weird junctures in life, whether it be touring in a band, like a very early band in a, in a club that's now a single condo, the Meow Meow is now <laughs> a single condo, uh, you know, then you booking Portugal, the man, when I was working with Portugal, the man into yeah. we've got a podcast now, Mike Mowry's like, Hey, Dave Shapiro, you know, hit him up about this guest or whatever. And I'm, I'm hitting you up that way. And then now we're, we're in, in uh, cahoots. It's awesome. Yeah, man. It's it, awesome. it is so cool after all these years to be like getting to talk every week again. And thanks for having me on the podcast, man. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. We'll have you back on, you know, another time we'll, we'll dig deeper into your story, but uh, I really wanted to touch on on this this big venture. So, um, yeah, hopefully people yeah. check it out and enjoy it. Awesome, man! Thanks so, for having me. Really right appreciate on, it. All right, buddy. Well, enjoy the rest okay. of your night, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. You too, man. All right, I'll talk Dave. To you real See you later, buddy. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dave Shapiro from Velocity Records, Sound Talent Media, Sound Talent Group. Uh, what a good dude. 
He's been a friend of mine a long time, as I said in the intro, and I'm really glad to have him on board the team for peer pleasure and also wishing him luck in this new venture, uh, relaunching Velocity Records. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys found some bands in there you like to check out. Uh, spread the word because uh, it's going to be it's going to be blowing up. So thanks to Dave for coming on and all you do for the show. Uh, and thank you for your friendship, my man. Uh, also, speaking of friendship, definitely check out Ryder Evan Robeson Studios, SX Coffee Roasters, and Classic Grit on uh, Instagram. Riley, Aaron, Ryder, all those guys, great friends. Um, I love being in business with good friends. I mean, from the label to the network to the sponsors to the team. I mean, it's just awesome. It's just a big family, and I love it. And hopefully that comes across in what we're doing, uh, trying to be organized and, and uh, bring you legitimate, real content. Um, that's something I always strive to put out. I don't edit these conversations unless someone asks for something specifically to be taken out. Um, I leave in all the, what do they call it, warts and all. I leave all that in there for you because it's real. And that's what I would like to hear. So I'm assuming hopefully there's other people out there, which obviously there are, but uh, they want to hear that too. So thank you guys so much for coming back week after week. Check out the website, purepleasurepodcast.com. Purepleasurepod at gmail.com is the uh, email if you want to get in touch with me. We've got a lot of people reaching out lately, and it's really awesome. Uh, I love all the comments, questions, all that stuff, guest suggestions. Had a few people just reach out and, and kind of offer up people to come on the show, and it's actually worked out really well. And um, those are going to be coming out soon. There's some good ones, so stay tuned for that. All right, guys, I got to get out of here. I got another episode to do, but as always, we'll see you on the radio. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, 
We've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis. Punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurewitz. And up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music. And I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.